It's time to take off your clothes, enjoy clothes-free living, and join us for Naked, Nudist, and Naturist. Welcome to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, the show that celebrates clothes-free living for all. I'm your host, Frank Stone. And I'm your correspondent, Lisa Monroe, and I'll be reporting on all things within the Naturist community, so it's time to get naked and join us. And enjoy clothes-free living on Naked, Nudists, and Naturists. Well, greetings and welcome in to Naked, Nudists, and Naturists, episode 24 today. Hope you're having a great day, or a great afternoon, or a great evening whenever you're listening to the show. We are really glad that you are with us. We enjoy this time together. We look forward to it all week. We talk about it all week. We can't wait for Saturday mornings. We give you a brand new show every Saturday morning, 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. And it hits Spotify at that time. So wherever you are, 6 a.m. Eastern Time on a Saturday, fire up Spotify, fire up Naked Nudists and Naturists, and the brand new episode will be there waiting for you. At some point, it gets transferred to all of the podcast platforms under the sun, so wherever you go for your podcast, just type in Naked, Nudist, and Naturists, and this show will come up. We ask and invite you to visit our website, NakedNudistAndNaturist.com. You can leave a message there. You can also email us. Remember, email's a little funny around here because of something that occurred. Eventually, I'll get into it, by the way. But please feel free to email us anyway, NakedForevermore at gmail.com. But the best way, the very best way to reach us is through Twitter, Naked Nudist and Naturist. Just type that in the search bar, you'll find us. And send us a message. We respond to everybody there. No holds barred, no questions asked. You're right there, we do respond. Nothing funky going on there. It's only with the email. But we enjoy hearing from you. The words of encouragement mean a lot to us. The positive comments mean a lot to us. Even the suggestions for changing things mean a lot to us. It means you care, it means you're listening, and it means you're engaged, which is the whole point of naturism, to care about each other and take care of each other. Get rid of the clothes, you get rid of the barriers, you get rid of the nonsense, the facades, the adjectives, as, as we've heard before. It's just you. It's just you in all your glory as God intended you to be, as Pastor Jim said. And it's just me in the same state, and Lisa Monroe, and Donna Price, who's coming up on today's show, and Tim Chismar, who's again coming up on today's show. It's everybody, and it's just you. Not, whoa, she has a lot of money, and look at those earrings and heels and dresser. Wow, that guy must be loaded. Look at the suit he's wearing. Well, that guy must not have any money at all. His clothes are all ripped. None of that, none of that applies in naturism. It's just you. You, your heart, your soul, you, what you stand for, what you like, what you don't like, it's you. The joys and the beauty of naturism. Well, on today's show, we will do something just a little bit different up front here. Uh, Tim Chismar, who was a guest on a couple of recent shows of ours, did an interview with Chris Jericho. I'm sure you know Chris Jericho, a, a wrestler. Now does his own podcast show. He works as a musician as well. Big time guy. And he interviewed uh, Tim Chismar, a fairly lengthy interview. And Tim sent along a clip, about five minutes long, of the interview that he did with Chris Jericho. He asked if we could play it on our show. 
And of course the answer is yes, so we will play that approximately five minute clip in just a few moments. Our weekly correspondent on naturism, the terrific Lisa Monroe, will be here as well. And today we will read and discuss some naturism quotes. Some from people you've heard of before, others you have not heard before. Some don't even have a name attached, but we thought they were interesting quotes on naturism. And of course we'll have part two of my interview with the terrific Donna Price. Donna essentially discovered nudism, naturism, clothes-free living for all the right reasons when she was about 45 years old. And then she became the coordinator for British Naturism's Women in Naturism program. Did that for a few years. She's out of that now and living a quiet, peaceful life with her husband. And by the way, if you've seen her photos on Twitter, she is one heck of a cook slash baker slash guru of the kitchen. I think I put on 20 pounds every time I look at a picture of Donna's baked goods. (laughs) No complaints here. I just wish she had a mail order business so she could mail those around the world. Probably not likely to happen, so we have to fly there to eat her baked goods, if ever invited. How about that? So part two of my interview today uh, with Donna Price. And again, you're listening to Naked Nudist and Naturist, episode 24 today. We really enjoyed this time together. And for now, let's get to the interview uh, with Chris Jericho interviewing Tim Chismar. So like, let's say I was going to go to to maybe not something like like a like a marathon or something, but let's say I was going to go to like a nudist colony. Is there kind of like a, a, a vow of silence or are people taking pictures or like oh, Chris Jericho's at the nudist colony? Like how how does that work? Is there like I said, there's a little bit of a of a, of a anonymity to it. I'm going to have to put you into a chokehold right here or my, uh, my nudist friends wouldn't let me, uh, let you get Please, away with tell me the, the, uh, the colony term is the N word for nudists. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so the what's reason, the proper, what's the proper nomenclature? Well, first of all, what's the reason for that? Because it, uh, it, it puts them in a particular category. It, it is a, uh, it is a way to say those people. So if you are in a nudist colony, it's, it's like you are like a leper. Or you're uh, ostracized from society, or you're you know you're one of those people. So uh, we don't we don't say that word. We haven't since like the 70s, um, and it, it's okay. But yeah, we say nudist resort, nudist event, nudist you know blah blah blah. But yeah, that is a, that's a no no. So it's, it's so it's a nudist resort. Yes, or okay. or event, or uh, yeah. Um, but uh, you were asking about the uh, the picture. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, let's say I show up at one. Like, is uh, is it going to be at TMZ the next day, or how does that how does that work? No, and I'm glad you mentioned this because I wouldn't come on the Chris Jericho podcast again without having my handy dandy cheat sheet of notes. <laughs> and on my handy dandy cheat sheet of notes, I do have listed. I uh, we didn't we didn't get to this yet, but I created a nude stand up comedy tour, Chris. Okay, in yeah. Los Angeles, and in doing so, I hobnobbed and schmoozed with a lot of celebrities and we would have the rule when you go to a resort there is a rule about photography and pictures because people want to be sensitive and compassionate to folks lifestyles we don't want somebody to feel that they're going to be exploited or used in some sort of way so if chris jericho came to one of my new stand-up comedy shows then there's no pictures there's no video i had a you had to be there to see it so and i there was a reason i didn't want the nude people 
I didn't want the comedians to be the only nude people there. I didn't want clothed people to come and laugh at the nude people. I wanted it to be more like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. If you're right. going to come, you're one of us. You're yep. one of us for the night. You are one of us. And because of that, we got great write-ups in Vice Magazine and Playboy, et cetera, about women who came to the events um, who, who might have you know, a birth scar or uh, burns or something that they're embarrassed about. And this was the one event where nobody commented on it because nudists don't care what you look like. We also break down the socioeconomic barriers. You don't know how much money somebody makes because they're not there in expensive clothes and watches and all this. They could be a janitor they could be the owner of a fortune 500 company and it's just about being human beings in the moment so but uh i do want to mention the the celebrity aspect of it there were celebrities who dropped in on my shows because they knew that it was protected and nobody was going to see it some of the people and my shows did cal arts we did um private theaters and we did nudist resorts out of all the times that i did events here are some of the people who have swung by jack black's parents who are both nudists. Oh, wow. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, Alicia Nudist. Silverstone. Nudist. Bill Murray, Jimmy Kimmel Producers, Jeff Goldblum. Wow. And I wasn't at the event, but one of the events that I put on, um, Bieber was at it. Justin Bieber. So these are just a few. And, uh, you know, there's there's lots more out there, but they know that they can come and participate and get involved because it's not going to be all over TMZ. Now, if they go to a nude beach or um, some event where somebody tries to tip them off, you know, human beings have human nature and I can't vouch for everybody out there. But I know that the people that I associate with through organizations like ANR, the American Association for Nude Recreation or TNS, the Nature Society or Close free close free international close free.com these folks are the true they do what they say they're going to do and they're connected to clubs groups organizations out there that also back up the ideals and the values that that we that we say so what exactly is the nude comedy tour everybody in the crowd is 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 uh is nude, nude as well for the most part, uh, there were a few times that we would do events that were um, clothing optional, but I tried to keep that very limited because I felt like uh, what I said before was I want people to be in on it. But we started it in, uh, golly, so long ago, man, like 2013. I did the first show around Long Beach and uh, and it it took off more than its pants and so it was all over the place we did the hollywood improv twice we did uh cal arts we did private theaters and resorts and the success of it got so big that i ended up being optioned by showtime to have uh, a tv show and then it never came through like so many other you know how many pilots i've shot of course. <laughs> tell me about it yeah exactly and there you go the chris jericho interview when he interviewed tim chismar about a five minute clip tim sent along and you can get more information on that. It's on YouTube. Just hunt it down and find it. And we appreciate Tim Chismar for sending that in today. Well, you are listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 24 today. And as you can tell by the music that is sneaking up on me, you can't see her dancing, but I can. And she's a pretty good dancer. It's time for the terrific, the one and only, Lisa Monroe. Here she is, the one and only, the absolutely terrific, fully nude, fully smiling, Lisa Monroe. Good morning, Lisa. How are you today? Good morning, Frank. And I see you're the same, smiling and fully nude. So that's okay. That's a good thing. That's right. Close free living for all the right reasons. I'm beginning to wonder 
if you ever wear clothes at all? Not unless I absolutely have to. Driving around town, for example, you probably have something on? Yes, because as I said, the um, police around here probably would frown on that. And a few (laughs) strange people, you know, there are Karens in this world who just don't know how to have fun. Yeah. Now, I don't advocate for this and I don't push it for anybody. And I certainly do not do it myself. But I'm told in many jurisdictions, cities, counties, states in the United States, nude driving is actually okay. It's not against the law. It's when you get out of your car and you're nude. Well, now we have a problem because now you're, for whatever reason, if in the confines of your car, that's okay. It doesn't make any sense. And again, I don't encourage anyone to try that today and see if that's true. But I've heard that before. Have you? Actually, I have. Um, not sure. Didn't realize it was so widespread. I mean, that there were several places to do it. But, you know, I was thinking, this is Florida. And people run around, tourists especially, and especially in the summer, if you're near the tourist spots, you see tourists in the skimpiest little bikinis, in the Mm -hmm. thong bottoms, the whole thing. They might as well be without anything on. Oh, yeah. And yet that is acceptable, but just take off that little scrap of cloth, and it is not. And it makes zero sense to me. Mm-hmm. Zero sense. Where I'm at, there's a pharmacy across the street from the beach. So you have the water, the beach, a road, and then this pharmacy. And I had to go there, I don't know, a year or two ago. And uh, for whatever reason, the the inside of the store was closed for an hour or two. They were, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. And so they said I had to use the drive through Okay. So I went to the drive through said, I need this, that, and the other thing. They went and got it. It's kind of a weird deal. Well, while I was sitting in the drive through this couple came walking over from the beach. He had a suit on and no shirt, and she had a T-shirt on. Okay, so, I, you know, kind of a long T-shirt. So I figured, you know, she probably got a suit on, you know, whatever. And as they walked in front of me, she lifted her shirt up from the back to scratch her back. She had nothing on whatsoever. And I thought, well, why should you have something on? You know, you're at the beach. It's kind of normal, but she felt compelled to put this T-shirt on, probably rightfully so. But I think... If we get right down to it, if, if a psychoanalyst could come in and meet with each person in the world, I think we're all naturists at heart. Some know it and some don't. What do you think? Oh, I absolutely think that. And I am a very big one on T-shirts and nothing on underneath. Uh, I always mm-hmm. like those big oversized shirts and because you can walk out in the yard that way. So you mm-hmm. almost kind of feel like you're not wearing anything, but you're sort of covered and no one's going to yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> As long as you don't bend over, I guess, and then they might yell at you. But yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about this, you know, for years, you just, you just know you don't want to put clothes on. The door unlocks and I'm ready to pull everything off. I just can't deal with it. Clothes don't bother me when I'm in a situation where I have to wear them. The second I am not, I want them off. Yeah. It feels really comfortable and natural just to not be confined in clothing the t-shirts don't bother me but because i get cold a lot but just that constriction of clothing i just don't understand why anybody likes it yeah no exactly i think a lot of it goes back to and there's uh, some psychiatrists who have published research on this over the years so it's not uh, groundbreaking information i'm about to put out there but when pleasurable things happen when we're uh, infants we have a desire to return back to those. Now, when you're 10, 20, 30, 80, you don't consciously remember, okay, I was three days old and this happened. But when that does happen, when you're 10, 20, 30, 80, you have a pleasant reaction. One of them could be your mother's perfume. 
Now, you don't remember your mother's perfume when you're three days old or a year old, but if you smell that perfume when you're 30 or 40, uh, wow, that feels really good. That smells great. And you don't remember it. Yeah, it's because it reminds me of my mother in, in very pleasant times. Well, I think the same thing applies to naturism. Again, no secret here. We're born naked. It felt really good. I think we have a desire to return to that. I'm not a psychiatrist, so don't take that to the bank. But I think there's a lot to that view. I think there is a lot to that indeed. Yeah. It's, I think we're imprinted with things that become important to us that we don't realize. So those experiences as a child, I mean, I just remember even being on the beach as a, as a really small child. I think my mother took my bathing suit off once when I was like three or four and I was wading in the water because I think I got sand all over everywhere. So that I remember that was fun. I remember that experience. Yeah. And so that, you know, maybe made me the person I am today. Who knows? But yeah. I think, yes, those experiences are important to us. And sometimes we don't even realize why. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, today we are going to get into some nudity and naturism quotes. It's from a website, zenmischief.com. He goes by the name of KCM, just the initials. And that's in the show notes, uh, the link to this page, uh, zenmischief.com, nudity and naturism quotes. So why don't you go ahead and read one, and then we'll discuss it a little bit, and then I'll read one, we'll discuss it, and we'll go back and forth for a little bit. First one is yours. The first one, I think, really talks about naturism at its best. A nudist is simply a human being without artificial additives. Well, there it is. Just natural. Artificial means fake. And you're not fake anymore when you have your clothes off, right? Exactly. I like that one very much. There's probably nothing else to say on that, unless you have something. I mean, go ahead. But that kind of sums it up right there. It certainly does. I mean, everything that we put on on us is an artificial additive, whether it be a piece of clothing or an attitude or anything else, when we are not being true to who we are. It's that back to that being true to who you are that's the issue. But um, but that I think it's just it. We have right. nothing artificial to add. That's right. Along those same lines, I have a quote here from Padma Lakshmi. Hope I did that okay. Uh, this is apparently from a quote at Close Free Life, but he or she said, I like me better naked. I don't mean that in a vain way. But when you put your clothes on, you immediately put a character on, which we've discussed. Clothes are adjectives. They are indicators. When you don't have any clothes on, it's just you, raw, and you cannot hide. What do you think? That's just very true, and it's an excellent quote because we do hide behind what we wear. Yeah. Um, you know, we hide behind our suits and our and our dresses and our heels and and our jeans and t-shirts and supporting our fan or our our uh, sports teams or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, without all of that, you don't have any other labels to put on yourselves. Yeah. You're Frank or you're Lisa. That's right. <laughs> You're nothing else. That's right. Okay, next quote is yours. I like this. Man is the sole animal whose nudity offends his companions and the only one. That is so unbelievably true. It's almost painfully true. No animal out there puts clothes on. Only we do, right? It's it's kind of hard to, I guess they've got fur so they can stay warm without a coat. But but other than that, there is absolutely no reason that 
we should be concerned with clothing other than, you know, staying alive in frigid weather or something. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. And no, you can't hide. I like that, that line of the clothing, clothes are adjectives, indicators, and we use them as that. Yeah. And that's just kind of sad. So that's really good. Yes. Well, here's a big one for me, because when I first saw this, I thought, whoa, this is all right. And that is this quote, I think the key to acceptance of social nudity is in seeing people do things clothes free you might ordinarily do clothed. That's Good. probably the best of all yeah. of these quotes. Yeah, you're just a living life. You're uh, uh, changing the oil in your car. You're making a souffle. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, normally we see people doing this clothes with clothes on. When we see them do it clothes free at first, it's like, whoa, what are they? Oh, yeah, that's kind of nice. And a much better way to be, at least in my view, and I'm sure you agree. I do agree, and very much so. All right, we have time for a couple of more. Next one is yours. Well, there's the old Oscar Wilde comment, if we were meant to be new, we would have been born that way. Um, how true is that? And, um, and then this is an interesting thing, because this is kind of mainstream. Justin Timberlake said, mm-hmm. I was born naked, and I'm going to die naked, so I don't see anything wrong with it kind of right out there that's you know we come and go in the same fashion so we what do we do to ourselves in between to yeah. create such chaos and and not being able to enjoy living that's it i never thought of justin timberlake as a great philosopher but on this particular topic not bad <laughs> i guess everyone can be a scholar at some point in time <laughs> wasn't expecting that from timberlake either but yeah <laughs> Well, you know, when you look around and you read around and listen, there are a lot of celebrities who are naturists. They just don't actively promote it, but they'll drop little hints here or there. And I don't know, is there something in the creative arts world, you know, acting, producing, writing, singing, whatever, that lends itself to that? What do you think? I think it's better self-esteem. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And... And, and they have this ability to be accepted for, even though they may be actors or singers, they still are accepted as who they are as an individual. And they have a sense of power that, you know, the, the average person doesn't have. A sense of, mm-hmm. I don't want to call it entitlement, but a sense of, of being able to accept doing what they want because no one's going to question them. So yeah. there's a, that level of, you know, oh my God, well, who's going to tell her? You know, so... Yeah. And that may be why so many people turn to these celebrity types to to get some direction in how they live their life because they think, well, they've got it together, so I'll do what they did and I'll have it together. Yeah. Well, maybe they should just all say, hey, we're all naturists. <laughs> Take off your yeah. clothes. We'll all be happier. That's right. Well, I have a quote from, uh, I know her as a model, but I guess she's been in movies and businesswoman, Ellie McPherson. You know that mm-hmm. name? Yes, I do. I remember seeing her in a movie where she was totally nude and was posing for somebody uh, like a life art drawing situation. And she was full frontally nude for a long time. And I remember thinking at the time, well, that must have been a tough scene. Well, it turns out she's a naturist. And her quote is, I come from a country where you don't wear clothes most of the year. Nudity is the most natural state. I was born nude and I hope to be buried nude. And wouldn't it be great if more people in the industries that, that we follow, celebrities, uh, lack of a better term, spoke like that? It certainly would. And 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 the key for her is she came from a country where 
you don't wear clothes most of the year. And so when you get your own personal fear and you add societal restrictions onto that, it just keeps snow snowballing into the point where we get frozen and don't know what to do. Should we, or should we not? And so she had a frame of reference that a lot of people, especially in the U S don't have because it was always accepted. And so it's just, it's very frustrating in a lot of ways to, to know what we know and how we feel and just cannot get that message across. Yeah, no, exactly. The last one I wanted to read is uh, from Ben Thornton. Now, if it's the same Ben Thornton, he's been writing to us and put us on to some other uh, people for interviewees. I'm going to assume it's the same guy. But he says, warning, clothing has been shown (laughs) to cause extreme psychological dependence. Wear it at your own risk. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That's terrific. And yes, psychological dependence. Absolutely. Because, again, we hide behind what we wear. There you go. And then you become somebody else other than who you truly are. And, you know, we say that a lot. And so do other people. But until you try it, you don't really understand what it means. You are somebody else other than yourself when you have clothes on, aren't you? Very much so. I mean, when when yeah. when you put on anything to go out, you have labeled yourself as as something. And mm. and most of us consciously do that. You know, if we know we're going to a business meeting, we're going to go dressed to the nines. Yeah. If we're going to a baseball game, we're going to go dressed in, you know, baseball attire. So we fit our image to where we are and what we're doing. And don't step out of that, because if you go to the business meeting in the baseball attire, people are going to go, what? And yeah. vice versa, wear the suit to yeah. the ball game and you're, you know, you're nuts. So clothing label us. And without that, that label, we're a whole lot better off. That's right. So our message is get your clothes off and keep them off, right? Yes. (laughs) I like that message. (laughs) All right. All right, Lisa, we have to run. Always great to have you as a part of the show. Great to have you here. Stay clothes free. Stay smiling. I like to say that every single week. And uh, we'll see you next time. It's wonderful to be here, Frank. And you take care and we'll see you soon. All right. See you later. Bye. And there you go. The terrific Lisa Monroe. Always a pleasure to have her here for those segments. Comes in smiling. Smiles the whole time she is here. Smiles on her way out. Just a tremendous joy. Brings sunlight to the studio. And as I mentioned last week, brings candy and sometimes baked goods and sometimes soft drinks. So we really like Lisa Monroe around here. (laughs) But not just for the food and drink. She's a terrific person and adds a lot to the show. So again, we thank Lisa Monroe for all of her time today. You are listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 24 today. Thank you very much for being with us. We enjoy this time together. As you know, it's how we connect. You become a naturist, live clothes-free for all the right reasons, and suddenly you feel connected to the others who live the same way. Well, let's get to part two now of my interview with the terrific Donna Price. I found an article online by CloseFreeLife.com. It says Donna Price is one of our favorite naturists on social media. We encountered the British naturist several years ago online when she started sharing her everyday naturist experiences 
From naturist walks to clothes-free meal prep, buff baking, and other engaging expression of normalizing naturism, we were engaged. Her unpretentious and authentic expression of naturism invites connection. And yes, it does. One of the best, one of the best ambassadors for uh, British naturism, the former coordinator for British Naturism's Women in Naturism campaign. So let's get to it right now. Part two of my interview with the terrific Donna Price. What do you find with, because I've I've heard that a lot of people like hiking, hiking through trails nude. That's something I've not done. Just I haven't had access to it or haven't found the access. I need to do that. But what are some of the joys of walking nude through trails, you know, through nature itself? I suppose we've we've only done it really through in this country. So um, we don't really have hiking trails as such. Not that I know of anyway. Right. Uh, but we have we have done it through through fields and countryside. So and it is it is lovely. And, and walking through woods and forests is, is beautiful. OK. Yeah. Too much of our uh, world has been, I'll say, disturbed, you know, by human beings. They put a cement road in here. They take out trees there. Well, we've lost nature there, but finding nature in these hiking trails must be great. A lot of people love it, and they do it fairly often, even here in the USA, where it's not legal to do so for the most part. And I've asked people, what happens if you encounter somebody? And nobody I know has ever had an issue. They just say, oh, you know, looks like you're having a nice day, and they walk on. No, even the clothed people don't seem to mind nude people on the hiking trails. Does that make any sense? Or can you put that in, in, in any semblance of normalcy? Um, well, yeah, I, I can understand that. We've, we've had very, very few negative comments when we've been out walking. Um, you, you will occasionally get someone that will, will say something that it's, it's disgusting, that we should put clothes on and, you know, you should be arrested and that sort of thing. But um, generally people are... are they're quite comfortable with it. They, they'll say good morning. They'll carry on walking. Some some maybe not quite so comfortable. They might not say anything. They'll just get past you as quickly as possible. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't get too much in the way of negative responses. Yeah, no, that's very good to hear. Uh, the second bullet point on that uh, post you had on Twitter, tolerance or acceptance of the wider community. And does that mean the wider naturism community or the, just a normal textile community in uh being afraid maybe well they won't accept me if i take my clothes off these people with their clothes on won't accept me what did you hear on that yeah i I, that that was quite a a a key one people were coming they really think that that there is a lack of tolerance and a lack of acceptance of you know people do just think we're weird and Mm -hmm. um overcoming that is a difficult one i don't know i think what it needs is um repetition like anything it's the the more exposure if you pardon the pun um you get to it people will eventually become more accustomed to it and more used to it so it needs people to just get out there and do it and and keep talking about it so but yeah that's that's a major issue for a lot of people they they know that if they say i can't tell my neighbor because i'm they'll just say oh don't do that in your garden because i don't want to see you from my garden and Yeah. yeah, it's a little unusual here. I think everybody, uh, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people in my neighborhood know that I'm a naturist. I don't flaunt it. I don't go walking around. Hey, everybody, here I am. But, you know, I'll be out in my pool or on the deck or walking around. And I'm sure that I'm seen by people and nobody has ever said a negative word. You know, they're still very nice to me. And I might get a, a, an unusual smile occasionally when I later see them, you know, fully textiled uh, <laughs> because, they, you know, they know and they're OK with it. And you know, as long as you're not hurting people or harming people, you know, if you're peeking in others' windows while you're naked, that's a big problem. 
uh, but I'm not, you know, just putting the dogs out or swimming or getting some sun. Most people don't have a problem with that, I'm guessing, although, well, some do, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I think some people do. Some people have, have a problem. We, we, we don't have any immediate neighbours, but um, yeah. all of the village we live in know, know that we're naturists and we've been in that many newspapers and yeah. magazines, so they've all read them. Um, but no one, no one complains about us. But then, like, like you say, we don't, we don't walk down the main street in the village naked, so we don't, we don't push it on people, we don't flaunt it. But we do have villagers that are, are comfortable now to drop in and see us, yeah. um, it, knowing that we'll be naked. Naked and they're quite happy to sit and chat with us for you know half an hour or whatever. Yeah, and it doesn't bother them. Yeah, oh, very much so. We had somebody write in uh, a couple, married couple in the USA, uh, naturist. They had uh, the garage door open. The garage faces the street, so if you're in the gr- garage looking out, whoever's on the street can see you. And the husband went to the garage to throw some trash away, so he was probably in there ten or fifteen seconds. Walked out, threw the trash in the bin, came back in. Five minutes later, the police showed up. Some neighbor had called the police. There's a naked guy in the garage. And they knew who he was. They knew there was the guy across the street. And uh, there are several ways to go about discussing that. First of all, once you call the police on a neighbor, you're never going to have a terrific relationship. And you might not have any relationship. And they might come after you someday if they find one little flaw. But beyond that, what what bothers what is it about that that bothers people the guy was in his garage throwing trash away no clothes on oh boy that's a problem why is that a problem to some people do you think I really don't know. I really don't understand why they have they have this. I mean, usually it's very often because of what we get thrown as. There's children around. It's always oh, not in front of the children. Yeah. And you think why? You know, children, particularly young children, are natural naturists. That they quite happily run around with no clothes on. So <laughs> it's right. nothing to do with the children. Right. The children only worry about putting clothes on because the adults have made it an issue for them. That's very true. So um, I don't I don't understand why people are so against it to the point of actually calling the police on someone i think that's what if you really don't like it that much i don't look or have a quiet word with that person and say look you know do you mind not actually doing it in public or during the day or whatever okay fine but to to just yeah to just call the police that's it's quite bizarre behavior i think and as you say you know then you've got to you've got to be totally whiter than white yourself haven't you for forever (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if they're called again, you know, now it gets a little more serious. And before you know it, you're playing a game that you didn't even want to play. I was just throwing the darn trash away. Yes. Uh, but it happens. Uh, the third uh, bullet point on your list, lack of organized events, uh, places to go to get involved in social naturism. Is that a big issue for people? Um, I think for some people it probably is. Yeah, I mean, I, we've done some organised events. We've we've been to them. We've even organised some ourselves. Um, we don't do so many these days. We're we're not quite so heavily involved in in um, group naturism, organised group naturism. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, it's it's their only way of access to finding um, a social group that they can they can mix with. Um, and I think that there are lacks, there are a lack of events. There are obviously some that are, that are through the national organisation like British Naturism and, and for you AANR. Uh, but it, I think it needs more groups to come forward and actually try and organise even small events, even small local events, like like we as, like we said earlier about just having a local gathering in your garden, yeah. have a barbecue and invite some naturists around. Yeah. But I think it's important, yeah. Yeah, and of course, there are a lot of organized events, especially through the clubs. And I'm guessing you organized a lot through British naturism. 
did that tend to pull people in who had never tried it before or, or do you have any data on that I, I never personally actually got a chance to organize any events through British Naturism because okay. of the pandemic. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. And okay. um, although we organized, just my husband and I, we organized um, a couple of di- a Dine Naked events, which we did. And that didn't pull any newcomers in because we were concerned about keeping it um, to people we knew. We wanted to keep it. It was, it was a small venue, so we wanted to keep it to people we knew. But I, I know that some of the other events that, that BN and other groups have organised have been very successful at attracting a different demographic, particularly a young demographic, um, which we hadn't had before. They've, they've organised um, events that are actually aimed specifically at, at the young British naturists. Yeah. Um, so that's I think that's been very good because I think the young people, they don't want to join something as a membership, as a lifelong thing. I think yeah. they want to try something this week and try something different next week. That's true. So um, I don't think they like being members as such. Yeah. Well, they, they have that special segment, uh, was it Young British Naturism, YBN? And mm. I've, I've actually been in communication with Jonathan Ward. He runs that right now. He'll be on the show uh, in the spring of 2024. But that you're right. Uh, p- young people don't want to join stuff, at least not yet. They want to try something different all the time. Mm. And uh, so how do we do we fight that battle at all or we just let them find their way on their own? I, I think, yeah, I think we should just let them find their way, because I think I think the whole the whole ethos of naturism is changing from from what was the club mentality from the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s. I think that's that's dwindling, I think, because it's become more acceptable, um, particularly here. Um, and it's people talk about it more. People don't need to just be a naturist at, at a weekend where they go squirreling away to a little club that's hot behind high walls yeah. where no one knows about it and they don't tell any of their friends. Yeah. I don't think they need to do that anymore. People can now get out in their garden. They can do their own gardening naked. They don't need to go to a club and do some gardening there. Right. Uh, so I think I think the whole ethos is changing generally, and I think the young will find a different route through to it. They'll still embrace it. They may not do it in the same way, and they may not do it as frequently but i think they'll find their own way of doing it yeah now have you found anything or do you, do you know any data on this uh younger people who grow up in a naturism home you know mom and dad are nude the kids are nude that's just that's just a lifestyle when they grow up are they more likely to continue being naturist or are they more likely i grew up in a textile home i want to try something different now i'm a naturist any data either way on that um, I haven't got any official data, but I do know I do know some families that have that are naturists through about four generations, okay. and they've they've all gone back to the same club yeah. as they've grown up and had their own kids and yeah. things like that. So that's that's interesting. I think that you, you get they, they it's just to, totally normal for the whole family. And I think on on some of the flip side, there's been naturist couples that I've known and met who've had kids they've brought up as naturists, but the kids have got to puberty. And say, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> they've gone through a phase, and then they come back to it once they've got through that. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I think, I think generally, I think they're brought up as naturists. They they have a, I think they have a better perspective on on body image things. That they're, they're they're not as um, liable to become uh, fixated by the social media stuff and the pressure, I think, because yeah. they've they're grown up knowing what real bodies look like. Yeah. So they're not scared and they're not, they're not, they're not conned by the, by the, right. the artificial bodies that they see. 
That's very well said. And that does make a huge difference, at least talking to people I've talked to. When they grew up around naturism, their whole outlook is totally different. They're calmer. They're more relaxed. They're more accepting. Nothing about that stuff, even entering into the sexual realm, doesn't bother them because they've seen billions of naked bodies. This is not something new. And there are some people uh, who don't see a naked body other than their own until they're in their 20s or 30s. Uh, other than on TV or movies or whatever. Uh, that's the antithesis of growing up in a naturism family. I, I've seen no naked bodies until I was 35, I've heard people say. Well, that has to be tough on them too, right? No, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's I, I mean that's perfect, completely unnatural in, in my view. It, yeah. It's it's not not right at all. And it, it can't it can't do the, the mind any good, I don't think. And it, it's a false world, I think. That's that's the truth of it. It's a false world. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I yeah, I think I think growing up as a naturist would have been. I, mean, I would love to have done that. I would love to have grown up as a naturist, but it certainly wasn't anything in my my parents. <laughs> it wasn't on their radar at all. That's right. Okay, moving <laughs> along with your list, uh, the next one is clubs with aging or dwindling memberships. That's definitely an issue, isn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly is here um, yeah. because, be, as as we said earlier, we touched on about the, the the younger generation not wanting to join clubs, not wanting to become members. Yeah. Um, the, the clubs over here are member owned, so they need the finances, they need the money um, to to actually maintain the the club, and uh, it's a, it's a difficult one. And there, there's a club we visit, and we have visited for a few months this summer. Um, and and they're trying to explore new ways of how they can how they can increase a membership, but also just increase visitors. And it's a struggle, I think, because when you've got you've got lifelong members who don't want things to change, they like their 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 little perfect world that they're in, but it's never going to be sustainable as it is. So no. it's getting them to see that you've got to change, you've got to move on, you've got to start opening up and inviting people in, inviting day visitors in and things like that. It's the only way they're going to actually start making money again and uh, and be viable. Yeah. I've, uh, some young folks I've talked to, uh, they got hooked into naturism because they saw an advertisement. They're runners. They enjoy running and they run races, a 5K here, a 10K there. And they'll see an advertisement for a nude 5K at some resort. And okay, what the heck? I'll try it because there's prize money involved and they're good runners and they enjoy it. And then once they try it once, they're hooked. Like, oh, why didn't I try this before? So events like that, appealing to people outside the club, some is sometimes a great way to bring them in, right? Just have an event for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And charitable events really do, really do bring new people into it. Um, there's a there's a charitable event that's ha- that happens here every year in September, end of September, and it's called the Northeast Skinny Dip. Yeah, um, it, it's been going, I think, for ten years now. Yeah. Um, and it is not a naturist event. The lady that organises it is quite clear that it's not a naturist event. Yeah. But each year she has more and more people turn up, and I think this year was was the biggest. I think they had nine hundred people turn up. And and it's I, I've done it once, and it's 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 not for the faint-hearted because it's very very cold. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's the camaraderie is amazing, and um, the feeling afterwards is also amazing. But I think there were a lot of people that did it or did something similar, and then became naturists. I know I know one couple in particular who didn't do this event; they did a, a Spencer tunic event mm-hmm. that got them into naturism. Um, but, and you know they've they've been into naturism now for the last sort of six or seven years. Yeah. And so I think charitable events are a great way of getting people hooked. 
Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too, uh, because they'll get involved for the charitable part. Yeah. And then the secondary part as well. Okay, I guess I got to take my clothes off to raise money for this particular foundation. Then, hey, this actually felt pretty good. I think I'll try it again with or without a charitable cause. Yeah. And then we pull them in that way. Now, on your list, I sent you a, a direct message on Twitter about this, I believe. Uh, the second one on the list, which uh, tolerance, acceptance of the wider community, you said that was one of the big ones. And I heard the same thing. That's what I told you. The next big one of equal value anyway, is this next one is the fear of being open about your life with family and friends. I hear that from people. Uh, that's a big deal too, right? Yeah, that is a very, very big deal. Yeah. Um, people, uh, like I said earlier, I think are you women in particular worry more what, what their family and friends will think about them if yeah. they, if they do it if they tell people they're doing it but i think i think some guys are even a bit more shy about it and i i don't know i mean i we've told our family um we haven't got that many family left anymore but um, the ones we have we've told them we we were pretty open right from the start and we, we had no negative reactions from it um but you know and I, and I can understand when people are concerned about um their work if they're in a particular uh, career that may uh, how can we put it? May may look um, not favourably on doing it. Yeah. Uh, I can understand people wanting to keep it quiet or not get involved because of that. Um, I don't. I, I don't know the answer to that one. There probably isn't one. You, this is where you need a, a total wider acceptance of the, of the normal community because you you need it not to be an issue wherever you work and whatever job you do. It's something that you just do. It's not yeah. anything. It's not detrimental to your job. Yeah. Well, I, I never told anybody at work that I was a naturist just because the work I did could have been misinterpreted. In fact, later it was. And the, the way this came to fruition is I went to this one particular resort. It was about two or three, well, almost three hours away. And so it's not something I can go to a lot. But they go, okay, I'll go there once, check it out. And it was a really nice place. Just had a great time all day. And maybe a month or two later uh, in work at a meeting, one of the guys said, uh, do you know, and he mentioned some guy's name, do you know Bill Smith and Bill and Mary Smith? I'm just making names up. Yes. And I said, no, I, I don't. And he said, oh, he goes, they used to work here, but they're retired now. And they bought this nudist resort. And it was the same re resort that I had gone to. And of course, the look he was giving me like, hello, we know you went there, you know, because <laughs> they probably saw my name on the list. Like, whoa, you got to be kidding. And they might have even seen me there. I don't know. And uh, later, somebody from the meeting came up to me, you know, privately and said, you know, we know, we know you're a naturist. It's okay. We're okay with that. Okay, well, that's good. Now, we didn't make a big deal out of it. But then, of course, my bosses heard about it down the road, and they wanted to make a big deal out of it. Like, well, okay. So he's one of these guys on the weekends. He just has, you know, wild parties with everybody. And it took some convincing on my part, as well as other people who knew me. Now, that has nothing, literally nothing to do with it. So that's part of the stigma too, right? You tell people you're a naturist, you're your family, your friends, and they think, oh, you're just having wild sex parties every weekend. That's part of it, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely part of it. That's exactly what a lot of people think when you tell them for the first time. I think I think it's, again, I think it's changing a little bit here. Yeah. I think yeah. we're, we're, we're talking, we're finding we're talking to people and we're not getting that instant reaction anymore. A few years ago we did. That, that was probably one of the most common reactions we would get uh, from from people we told but um, not so much now um it's there's more interest now there's more i think again because it's become more more talked about and there's been more media attention on it 
more and more people know about it and they know what it is and what it isn't. So I think I think that's helped. That's helped a great deal. But certainly the media we've had over the last four or five years has been really good and it's been positive. In the main, it's been very positive. And um, I think that's that's opened up the discussion a bit. Now, do you think part of that, though, is because you're a known entity in the world of naturism? Like, oh, yeah, we've seen Donna and her husband. No big deal. They're totally great people living the naturist life, as opposed to somebody who doesn't have your uh, media presence. They might get a different reaction. Is that part of it, do you think? Or are they just... I, I don't know. I've never yeah. really thought about it like that. Um, yeah. I, I must admit, I, I don't know about how, how much people know us. Um, maybe I've been, no, I've never, never been recognised or instantly recognised anywhere. Yeah. So I don't... Or no, well, if we have, no one's ever said anything. Okay. Um, but, yeah. but no, I don't know if that, that really contributes to it. I think it's okay. just... I think there's just a more more understanding of it. There's more knowledge of it. People actually know it exists now where... A few okay. years ago, maybe they didn't. Okay. Well, that's good to hear then. And now the last item on your list is something else. Is, <laughs> is there anything else that you heard of besides the first several points? No, mainly it was all the points I've mentioned and it was, it was the telling people. It was, it was having the acceptance from, from the world and having, having the confidence to tell their friends and their family. They were the, the big ones for people, I think. Yeah. Um, which is, which is an interesting one. I think that I, I couldn't get a lot of feedback on how to um, overcome it, what people thought would be the answer to this. I think exposure is still just the best way is to actually keep talking about it and to, to actually get people to see it, if you can, yeah. um, not without forcing it on them, but to, to get people to just understand what it means, what the concept is. Yeah, and that's a big part of why we started this show, is just regular human beings having an intelligent conversation Oh, geez, maybe this is normal because Donna sounds well-versed and Frank seems like he has at least half a brain. <laughs> maybe there's something to this and not a bunch of knuckleheads or psychos as they might picture us being if they've never looked into it. So that's a big part of this. It's a big part of why you did what you did, right, with uh, British naturism? Yeah, yeah, I really did want to want to encourage people. Yeah, and um, it it was quite rewarding what I did. You know, I, I did uh, feel like I helped some people. I did some really good presentations to women's groups, um, which which was lovely. I mean, it was great to see all these women actually joining in. They actually wanted to, to attend, to listen to what I had to say. Yeah. And at the end of it, they, they were all very positive about it, which was good. So that, yeah. was, that was very, very rewarding. Yeah, yeah, very good. We're talking to Donna Price today from the UK, uh, worked with British Naturism for a while, getting more women involved and as a naturist herself, as is her husband. And Donna, we, we really can't let you go until we chastise you for something, uh, something you do out there that, you know, uh, I, I don't know how else to say it, but you post these pictures on Twitter of things that you've baked or cooked, and they look beyond delicious. And I can speak personally, I think I've put on 20 pounds just by looking at the things you've baked. Not that I'm telling you to stop, because I enjoy them very much, but is baking and cooking something you've always done? Is this a new discovery or what? Um, it's it's something I've really done probably more since I gave up work. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've done. I've had more time, so I do. But both of my husband and I, we love cooking. We we've, we've loved oh. cooking since we got together. And yeah. uh, he taught me to cook. To be honest, he taught oh, me how wow. to cook. Okay. Because um, I I was I was really hopeless at cooking when when I was twenty one. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so yeah, we we fight over the kitchen a little bit sometimes, but. But yeah, baking I love. I really do yeah. love baking, and um, and bread is my favorite. 
Yeah. I think I even asked you on Twitter, you know, could you provide Thanksgiving dinner for everybody in the USA? And I think you basically said yes, right? I did, yes. You appreciate I that very much. That <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you enjoy cooking or baking the most? Maybe give us two or three of your favorite dishes. I, I like making bread. Um, that's yeah. that's one of my real favorites. Um, yeah. I love making pies. Um, I, yeah. I really shouldn't eat them, but I love making pies. Yeah, they, they look great. <laughs> Um, and I, I like making biltong. I've really got into biltong um, in the last few years. Yeah. I've been doing that, and um, that's very successful too. And it, I, I love eating biltong, and it's so <laughs> expensive to buy. So I thought I've got to try and make this. If someone else can make this, I can make this. So yeah. my husband built my box, my drying box, and um, mm. yeah, it's really successful. All right. Now I learned the hard way many years ago, there's a big difference between cooking dinner and baking, you know, bread or a pie or brownies or whatever. I don't need to get into the details other than I totally made a disaster out of the oven when I tried to bake. And my daughter was like two years old. I said, you know, why don't we just bake something together? Well, that was a bad move. I did, <laughs> didn't know what I was doing uh, back and cook, but you can do both. You can cook and bake. Any major differences? Do you come up with your own recipes? Do you follow rep- recipes? What is, what is your secret if you don't mind giving it away? I'm, yeah, I do cook as well, and I, I do like cooking curries and um, yeah. casseroles and things like that. Yeah. I, I, I'm terrible at following recipes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have good intentions, and then I think, oh, no, 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 you can't put that in. Oh, no, you need more of that. So I end up changing it all and doing my own thing most of the time. So, yeah, um, yeah pretty much most of the recipes I've, I've put on Twitter have been my own making. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know when I was a little kid, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was a top of the line cook. We went there. I was like, wow, you have to be kidding. This is phenomenal. And I would mention to my mom as a kid, five, six, seven, you know, could you make that? Yeah, I can make it. I'll get the recipe from grandma. And, you know, so then she would make it and it wouldn't taste the same. And I didn't say anything, but you know, she'd make it again. and It didn't taste the same. So finally I'd ask, you know, it tastes different than when grandma makes it. And she said, yeah, because I found out grandma withholds a few ingredients or tells me to put a cup in when it should be two cups of this or that. And so she learned the trick of the game. And then fast forwarding many years, uh, then my mom's cooking matched my grandma's cooking. So wherever I ate, oh, wow, this is this is great. And then years later, when I wanted to make stuff, my mom would give me a recipe and it wouldn't taste right. I said, Mom, you're not doing the same thing grandma did and withholding. She goes, actually, I was because I didn't do it on purpose. It's just a habit <laughs> we formed in the family. So you don't do that, right? If you pass a recipe on, you'll give the real thing. Oh, yeah, yes. Okay. If I've made something up then and someone yeah. wants a recipe, I, I will give them all my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the tricks of a good cook or a good baker is you don't follow recipes. You just have a feel for it. Like it says a cup of sugar, but, you know, a cup and a quarter over here makes more sense to me. I can feel it. I can just sense it. And then you do it. And if somebody only puts a cup in and not a cup and a quarter, it won't taste the same. So are you able to write that down or do you write those things down? Yeah, yeah, I do write them down. If 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 I do a recipe and it, it it's I'm pleased with it, it really works. Then yeah, I'll I'll make notes and I'll write it because I my memory is terrible, terrible. So yeah, so I won't remember what I did last time if I try and do it again. <laughs> so yeah, I do write it down. Well, your baked goods and your uh, your dinners that you post on Twitter look absolutely delicious. Well, I'm glad that you're willing uh, to provide Thanksgiving dinner every year for the USA. You did it a few weeks ago when we had Thanksgiving here. Now every year we're going to come to Donna Price. Thanksgiving dinner, and you're okay with that? Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just about every site you see where they list things, things you should never do while nude. The first one is always cooking or baking. 
But you don't follow that, I'm guessing, right? Um, no, I don't actually. I, right. I really should sometimes, but um, I, I do end up with burns on my arms and things. But, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I do put a penny on sometimes if I'm if I'm doing anything with deep fat frying or anything yeah. like that. Then yeah, I, I will be a bit more careful. But generally, yeah. no baking the ovens. I'm, I'm I'm okay with the oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. And we've been talking to Donna Price today uh, from the UK, was a member of British Naturism, mostly involved in getting more women involved in naturism. She was highly successful at that, and she's still out there promoting this, uh, close to living for all the right reasons. And Donna, tell us again, what was your position with British Naturism? I was the Women in Naturism campaign coordinator. And that position, and you were the first one to officially do that. But that position still lives on, right? That, that that was created for you, that you created. It's, it's still going on. Oh yes, yep, yep. There is a there is a new person in that role now. Yep. All right, very good. We can't have enough. We can't have enough shows like this. We cannot have enough people like you out there promoting naturism. And uh, of course, the baked goods and the cooking are on the side. We can't have enough of that either. But <laughs> it's not a cooking show. Uh, I only have about five minutes content because I'm not very good at it. But it's been great to have you today, and uh, we're a big admirer of you here at this studio. We've watched your work, and we thought, we got to get her on, because she really gets it. She understands it. She's not out there making a big splash, and look at me, everybody, and look at me. You know, you're actually doing it for the right reasons, and that comes through very loudly and clearly, and uh, you're very respected here. So thank you very much uh, for all that, Donna. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are right, you bet. Again, Donna Price. You can find her on Twitter. Any place else people can find you, Donna? Are you out there in other uh, venues? Um, I'm on Blue Sky Social, but I'm uh, only new there at the moment, so I don't know um, how many other people are on there. Okay. Well, you can look her up, uh, Donna Price on Twitter. And Donna Price, uh, thank you very much. Uh, one of our favorite naturists here. You go out there and have a great day. Let's talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you. The terrific Donna Price, isn't she absolutely wonderful? Top of the line, the former coordinator for British Naturism's Women in Naturism campaign, discovered the whole lifestyle when she was 45, has never looked back, and now enjoys the clothes-free living life for all of the right reasons. One of the all-time greats, and we appreciate her time on the show today and uh, last week's show as well, the terrific Donna Price. And again, you've been listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 24 today. We really enjoy this time together, connecting through naturism. I know I say it a lot, but it's oh so true. We look forward to every Saturday morning and reconnecting with you through naturism. We look forward to spending time with you on this show and connecting. Nudism, naked, naturism, close for your living for all of the right reasons. You've come to the right place. And we certainly enjoy all of the time that we spend together here on the show. Don't forget to send us a direct message or an email or hit us up on Spotify or our website. Well, thank you again for being with us today on Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 24 today. We give you a brand new show every Saturday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Continue to join us. Check us out on our website, nakednudistandnaturist.com, Spotify, Google, Amazon slash Audible, Apple Podcasts, and also on Twitter. You can write us anywhere, anytime, anyplace. And uh, we thank you for being with us uh, today. Plan to join us for every single one of our shows here and have your clothes off when you're listening. We have our clothes off when we're broadcasting, enjoying the naturist life. We celebrate clothes-free living for all. 
Remember to enjoy being naked and join us again for Naked Nudists and Naturists. We drop a brand new show every Saturday morning, so come back and join us. Have your clothes off when you do for Naked Nudists and Naturists. Have a great clothes-free day. <laughs>